right. so I can see myself getting a, or people getting arrested. Like, why were you harassing that protected species of alligator, Mr. Schwartz? Well, I listened to the Great Die podcast, <laughs> and they said I should run over to these gators and stick my fingers up their nose. I gotta be the voice of reality, reining us in. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Don't laugh at those jokes. Why isn't uh, one of our unpaid interns doing this? Welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast with your... Your traveling hostess. With your yummy coffee drinking host, Cutie Pie. Your yummy. Yeah, so, so my wife and I, we found these at, um, oh, we were ador- out just walking around, it's adorable. shopping, and it was a pair of coffee cups, and this one is a, says cutie and a picture of a pie on it, and then on the back it says, you're yummy, and the other one says uh, stud, and then a picture of a muffin, and I can't remember what it said on it, it says something like, you know. You're going to have to get me that cup. Anyway, <laughs> so we bought it. And, I you know, should, <laughs> you should I have know, I should have the stud muffin cup. <laughs> I don't, I don't, we'll have to, uh, at our next live appearance, we'll, we'll have those too. But we love we bought them for the, uh, you know, our family does like that, that white elephant thing where oh, everybody wait, right. is just a random gift in there. But you can always end up with your own gift. And our philosophy always every year is to buy something we really like. And, that, and then try to get it yourself. And then we try to get it. And if we don't, it's cool. You know, we laugh at it. Uh, so we ended up with it this year. I like it. Okay, we need to take a moment and um, give a couple official shout outs to some of the new Patreon subscribers. This is the official shout out, not the unofficial one that we did last week. Well, remember. This we, one's more official. Well, we did say that we were going to, you know, do an official shout out. Yeah, yeah. Give a, a where we go through the to uh, some of the people that uh, that have ritual. actually pledged some real greenbacks to us. James, if you could see James right now, he is wearing his uh, shout out uniform, and we are in full garb. He's standing at attention for the official shout out. May the shout out commence. We gotta give a shout out to Mike K, who uh, I don't know if we've ever given him an official shout out on the Patreon. So, but big thank you there. Thank you, Mike. And for the continual promotion, fa- Facebook promotion of the Air McDoodles and the promotion of the Air McDees. Yes. He's really working on coining the phrase Air McD. And I think you should, think get, a, a, oh, should, get, a, should yeah. get a notable, yes. you know, I'm going to bronze one. I think I have a, an old one sitting around in the garage. I'm going to go get it bronzed. I'd always like to see an end of the year gather and we gather at, you know, either a pub with a nice banquet room or somebody's house. We can look over movies and pictures and, and laugh yeah, about all is, that. We, we talked about this before. I and like then it. give awards to divers. And we had the silver split fin. There's the golden snorkel. The golden snorkel. And, and the, the bronze air McDonald's. Boom. I like it. But we need we need an official, you know, uh end of the year TGDP yeah, awards party. banquet. Yes. Uh we need somebody to set that up. One of our unpaid interns. Not the one that set up your office today. Tiffany, get on that. Uh we got another one for Andrew Byler. Andrew, finally. Hey, big uh big shout out there and to Huge uh, shout out. Uh Derek Upward. Derek, thank you very much. Kudos. We got a, a couple more recently from uh, from some Canadian friends, Nolan Evans. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to do a Great White North, uh, <laughs> the 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 Mackenzie twins. Take off, eh, you hosers? <laughs> you don't have to take off. He's just he's no. Just take start, off is it means just, uh, good. He just started subscribing. I thought take off was a good thing. No, no. you need, <laughs> to, watch, you need to watch that movie. Yes. again. <laughs> take speak, off, eh? You don't speak Canadian. <laughs> 
Well, I just did. What part of takeoff hoser <laughs> Baby, sounds like a compliment? I don't sound Canadian. I don't. I don't know the translation, but I can just take off hosers. No, the compliment is beauty. The beauty compliment way. is have a beer, eh? <laughs> beauty way to go, eh? Um, Sean McKinney, thank you very much. Sean McKinney from the hills of Ireland, and he's true. probably like, "I'm Scottish, you fucker." <laughs> <laughs> Tracy Click, thank you to Tracy. Thanks, Tracy. Uh, another pledge from Cam. We don't make Cam. fun of Tracy's name or anything. Like, thanks, Tracy. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Tracy. He's a good guy. And uh, recently, Jamie English, another Canadian. Hey, beauty. Take off, eh? Hey. <laughs> don't say that again. <laughs> Take off, you hosers, <laughs> hey? Do they say still say hosers up there? Or out there? We're not that, I mean, it's not like they're, they're north of us. They're just down the street. They're just kind of east of us, yeah. actually. Yeah, they're right around the corner. Some of them are south of us. My, word. My, my Windsor mates are actually south of us. Word. Do they still say word? Did the Utes? <laughs> the Utes. <laughs> word up. I'm trying to sound relevant. <laughs> and uh, all I can pull out are little... Uh, uh, hey, hey, let's rap. <laughs> no, but those are a, a couple of the, the names over the last uh, couple of months, yes. you know, here in 2018 that have joined really on that I've been wanting to... We, we keep saying thanks to everybody, but we did say early on that we were going to give you an official shout-out. So there's a official shout-out to some of the names that I've noticed pop up recently. Oh, yeah. And on a serious note, your, your money's going to a uh, very uh, important cause that's really going to make an impact on the world in a positive way, which is a big change from normal stuff. It's a big change. No, so for uh, for all of you guys, uh, Patreon sponsors and Facebook members, those, those of you on our Facebook page and those of you who listen, big thank you. Uh, get out there and share your favorite episode for us, if you would. Just uh, throw a little link in your Facebook page and help uh, help spread the word. And that'll also let us see what your guys' favorite episodes actually are. When we make our next collection show, yes, we'll put we'll be sure to put uh, those episodes that you guys like, not just the ones I like. Is that a snorkel on your desk, or are you just happy to see me? Is that what is that? It is a snorkel. Oh, nice. There's times where snorkels are appropriate. It's just not strapped to your head. That's what she said. Hundred feet underwater. <laughs> yes, or in a cave or under the ice. Hey, let me ask you a question. Shoot. Do you know what the official state reptile of Florida is? I'm going to have to go with the, I would say a crocodile, but I'm, I'm not sure. What is it? The alligator. The alligator. Of course I got it wrong. You have two choices. You know, they were, it, it was you an endangered species for a while. Of course it was. But um, they've, they brought they've done, them back. They've done yeah. a lot of work with you know, bringing them back up and, sure. you know, some conservation and, and some awareness of the, the poor old gator down there. And they're up to like nearly 2 million in the population. Do you know, thanks to this, what's endangered now? Yeah, there, it's, it's a two-way street here. A given, it's a give, a and, give take. and take. When the universe shuts a window, it opens another one. And in this case, it opened a little door for the alligators. But it, guess what? It shut down. Alligator shoe business. Gone. Gone. You can't hardly find them. They're illegal. Or they got those fake-ass ones. Except in Texas. Everything's legal in Texas. Oh, you don't want to go to Texas. Now, with this increase in the population of gators, you, you might think that you're going to see them everywhere. Actually, you do. Underwater. It's kind of rare still. Oh, you underwater. See you, you see them, see them at the them, cave but, sites. Yeah, you see some of them, but it's, it's mm -hmm. not like they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And divers being attacked by gators is pretty... Even, it's even rare. at the cave site, That's you're going to see yeah. one in the river, but they're not yeah. going to go... They're not attacking anybody. Yeah. Attack. yeah, yeah. I, I remember when I was a kid, like in my you know teenage years, we did a trip down to Florida, and we did a, a spring dive, mm -hmm. and uh, we had to swim like up river to this little spring to go play, and then this gator swam right in front of me going up this river and i rode on the back I of a gator up that river steamed, steamed steam. my wetsuit you know what i mean steamed your wetsuit i don't know some of the, sometimes oh, you're dead see. on with your little uh sometimes you're out out there what's well, about it there's never I, a middle one you're either like oh that was awesome or what the hell are you talking about <laughs> steamed my wetsuit <laughs> I nearly... I nearly soured my lemonade. <laughs> I sullied me wetsuit, mate. <laughs> yeah, you don't see or hear of many gator attacks, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, because I think, like most animals, 
They're not into just going around attacking people. And they're intimidating to, to look at, but in reality, I mean, they're, you're, they're eating, you know, birds, you know, fish. Sure. Maybe maybe a, a, a big one might yeah, a dog Get a or a, a deer. Even. Poodles don't deserve to be alive anyway. They're obnoxiously <laughs> snobby. They're arrogant. That's what they get. I mean, yeah. Take it your poodle a gator. to the gator waters of, you know, the uh, wetlands yeah. of uh, the southeastern well, U.S. To be honest, we do have a, a poodle overpopulation problem in Florida. You know what we need? More gators. Poodle boots. Poodle boots. Poodle shoes. Poodle, poodle shoes for the winter. Those would be awesome. Uh, let's get working on that. So in reality, I mean, alligators are just sunning themselves, chilling by the, the side of the, the river beds, uh, basking in the sun, relaxing, and they, they don't want much to do with humans. So No, they just want to be left alone. Now, they may appear as they're sitting there all slow and tired, and, but, but, it, but in, I mean, when it's go time, I mean, they, they're, they're pretty quick. They can <laughs> chomp and strike like lightning. You're going to have to throw a good, uh, good sound effect in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't mean you have to try to make it yourself. I would say try to make it. Although you may just leave that in there. That's how now, I'm uh, <laughs> Now I know what you're thinking. <laughs> what am I thinking? What the f is he talking about? It's I'm just going with you. The, we talked about this already. When I came in, you said, you're not going to know where the hell I'm going with this. And I said, I don't know where the hell you're going with it every day. <laughs> so I'm just... The alligator's a metaphor, Brandon. For children. For diving education. Oh, that's the other thing I was going to guess, diving education. Because diving education was almost extinct. So in the, in the new dive training magazine. Diving education doesn't really want to hurt anybody. But every once in a while, there's an attack. They talk about... <laughs> From the jaws of the gator, emergency training, and the laws of survival. You know, I see people throw around these term laws, this, this word laws. There's very few laws. You know, gravity is a law. People confuse like a statute or things like that. Uh, You're under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> so in this story yeah. by Robert Rossier, or mm. probably it could be en français, it could be Rossier. Rossier. Robert N. Rossier. Je m'appelle Robert Rossier. He, he tells a story of a young girl in Florida last year, uh, Juliana Osa. Well, she was a 10-year-old playing in the water. and Just uh, minding her own business. Minding her own business. Playing got, with a hunk of raw meat. <laughs> playing with her poodle. <laughs> playing with her pet pig who was bleeding. <laughs> she, uh, she got chomped on the leg by a nine-foot alligator. All gators must die became the mantra of well this parents. one now uh, they did finally find and they caught they caught it and they killed that son bitch because that's how you do it in bad Florida. gator bad gator we're gonna have to kill you but uh little old uh juliana was um you know at first like freaking out but then she remembered a survival tip that she learned while she was visiting good old Gatorland down there tourist attraction down in Florida. Do a magic trick for the gator. <laughs> it will distract them. You can pull your limb out of its mouth. She was reminded of a, of a tip that she could stick her fingers up the nostrils of the gator so that it has to open up its mouth in order to breathe. Oh, okay. Which is what she did. That was going to be my second guess. First, I'd go for the magic trick, and then I'd stick my fingers up its nose. That works for humans, too, by the way. <laughs> so if you're ever just playing by the pool and some guy comes up and bites you, just stick your fingers up his nose. He'll let go. He'll let go. He's got to breathe. Robert starts this story by saying that a good deal of time, energy, and focus in learning to dive relates to dealing with things that go wrong, either preventing them or coping with them successfully and safely when they do go wrong. I agree. I concur. So he uses this alligator attack. Yes. And more importantly, the, the defense of the defense that Juliana used to stay alive, her survival technique, kind of as a metaphor of scuba education and dealing with emergencies. And he mentions that throughout the course of our instruction at every level of certification, our instructors share with us tidbits of knowledge, kernels of truths that could one day save us a great deal of angst. In essence, we can think of it as the gator land of scuba, where we learn the tips, tricks, and techniques that can keep us safe when a situation comes from out of the blue. Hmm. 
And among these tips and tricks are the the laws of survival. Okay. The laws yes. of survival. Like breathe continuously Bow. and never hold your I breath. I give forth these 15... <laughs> these 10 laws of survival. Like breathe continuously and never hold your breath, which became so ingrained in our being that we never forget. And we use them on every dive. Skills like basic buoyancy control that we practice on each dive. Honing the skill until it becomes well-refined and second nature. Has this guy been to, like, the quarry recently? These laws are these laws are not really being practiced. <laughs> Which ones? <laughs> Basically, so far, everything <laughs> you've mentioned. Of course, they are not holding their breath. They're breathing all the time, but... Right. It's well, like saying, this first law I have is don't die. Well, yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? The always breathe... So you practice that all the time by breathing? Well, well, breathing. No fucking fake, <laughs> Einstein. Yeah, I'm, if I'm reading this, I'm obviously breathing and have been for the past 52 years. But are you breathing? True. You got me on that one. Right, that's the... <laughs> that's the key. And I, th- I think breathing. breathing is a lot like buoyancy control. A lot of us breathe, but nobody really breathes, right? Yes. Well, so let's mention, you know, we, we just a little bit, but... There's breathing, and then there's conscious breathing, and, and there's there's practicing your buoyancy control, and there's conscious, conscious practicing, practicing your buoyancy control, and there's two very different things. Swimming around the quarry, or swimming around your little local favorite dive site, trying not to hit the bottom with buoyancy control is not the same as real conscious awareness of buoyancy control. Good, well said, well said, old Jamesy. I, uh, I, I have I, nothing. I have no reply. I can like I'm just in awe. Many laws of scuba survival are targeted to unique environments. Like for night dives, we know to have a primary and a secondary dive light, right? At least. We know that on uh, doing nitrox dives, you always got to analyze your max. At least. Not just analyze it, but know what, what you're supposed to be at and what your maximum operating depth is. You yeah. don't just analyze it and go, yeah, I got 84. Let's go. Uh, that's not how it works. You got to analyze it and know. You know, at 84%, you're not going past 30 feet. I, I, you know, anymore, I, I'm even such a nerd that, like, I analyze my error. I know you do. I just... just you bother me. Well, because I, I just... <laughs> I am such a nerd <laughs> that I, I analyze the air in front of my face as I walk because... I just got to be sure. <laughs> I don't want to be toxin out. Well, I don't know who's touching my bottles when they're sitting <laughs> up at the shop all week, you know, and, and what starts. And I've had numerous times where I grab who's a, touch? Who would dare I've touch had, your goddamn bottles? Because they start thinking they're somebody else's and they start filling them. And then I've had numerous times where I, where I know it's going to say 20.9 when I put. Just put two stickers on the back of your tanks that say, don't touch my man <laughs> I was we could sell those decals I, let's gonna, do that, that we might, don't touch that my might have to be. decal <laughs> i was hoping don't. that line was going to come proverb by brando <laughs> brando brando's proverb. proverbs page. brando's proverbs 1-12 don't touch my well, I've, had, I've had numerous nah. times where i i know it's gonna i just throw an analyzer i've got the analyzer there i know it's gonna say 20.9 yeah. then it comes back like 24.2 i'm like who the hell started putting shit in my tanks and then and then just left it. But case in point, that's why that's why I always hit it. Just it takes a second to do, you know. I guess. And then I just walk it takes away. More than a second. I just walk away knowing what I have. Sure you do. For diving overhead environments, we learn to abide by the rule of thirds for managing our air supply. At least rule of thirds. And that's depending on the environment, it, right? Yeah, yeah, you go beyond rule of thirds. Rule of thirds is a starting point. Rule of thirds is of rookies. Rule of thirds. I go by rule of five eighths. No. <laughs> Seven sixteenths. We never enter an overhead environment without a continuous guideline that leads us back to open water. And additionally, we learn how to maintain tension on the line reel so it doesn't become tangled up or bird's nested. Are we going to go through like every little thing? No. Okay. How many open water students are using a reel and going in overhead environments? They're not, hopefully. Okay. So it's not, that, I mean, these are technical diving. What, he mean, what, he, what he's getting at is that much of what we focus our attention on in scuba training are the serious scenarios that we can prevent through the use of safety procedures. Becoming separated from our buddy, running low or out of air, or losing control of our buoyancy. But the gist of this article, Brando, I'm listening. as I can feel the tension. Can you see? Like you're, you're, no, you're like, I'm, this confused look on my face is like, 
basically, this article saying we have scuba certification so you don't die. Well, d- no, duh. You have certification and everything so you don't die. You take a driver's, you know, you have driving school because you don't want to die driving. Do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? I'm trying to figure out where's the angle coming well, in. Well, still. <laughs> Other underwater scenarios can <laughs> sneak up on us like a yeah. gator. I was going to say, I know you, this is the part where you go, I was going, I'm going to, you're not going to know where the hell I'm going with this. And that's where I was just a few minutes ago. Where the hell are we going with this? Well, they can sneak up like a gator, like a gator on a nice sunny afternoon in Florida, hanging out by the water, going for a little canoe. You get a little warm, you're going to jump in and cool off a little bit. Like a gator. <laughs> okay. Okay, Mr. Gator. <laughs> now, we've probably heard plenty of season advice from our instructors on how to deal with them. Gators? One... <laughs> no. Chapter one. That's what I tell all my, all my students gators. from day one. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> gators. Got that big knife strapped onto your lower leg. That's for gators. Everybody thinks it's for sharks. It's for gators. The Canadians, we lost all the Canadians on this one. They're like Gators. Gators. Take off, you hoser gators. Gators. Gatorade. Greatest American hero. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Gators. Gatorade. Gators drink Gatorade. Greatest American hero. One thing we might have heard from our instructor is to stop, think, and act when a situation confronts us underwater. Stop, think, and act. Then act, right? Stop, think, then act. Not stop thinking act that's what i thought you said stop think and then <laughs> think act. there we go like stop thinking so the point is to try to keep our head like juliana right. did and uh, not panic and stick, stick your, fingers your fingers up in the, the nostrils in of the, the alligator of the proverbial alligator because the alligator symbolic the alligator symbolic of the man so we should be like juliana and all of us stick our fingers up the nose of the man so a couple of these we can kind of go into. Is some. the gator really symbolic, or am I reading too much into the, it? Does it represent something? Man's struggle. Does the, the gator, gator represent the, the, gator the, the patriarchal the, society keeping females down? Exactly. And the Juliana gator. represents all women in this world. Bravo, Juliana. She didn't go away unscathed, though. Did she lose a limb? She uh, recovered. Damn it. Really screws up your whole. He did mention earlier that thankfully she made a full recovery. The uh, alligator was caught and then euthanized. This is symbolic. This is what's happening to us. I hope you know this. So he goes on to mention that mask flooding is typically just a minor annoyance, but at the wrong moment, it, be- it can become a serious distraction. Yeah, masks masks can flood. So I mean, because he's talking basically in this about survival, right? Okay. The law, emergency training, yeah, and the laws yeah, yeah. of survival. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a gator. Like the same training that gators go through. Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> so you're saying like we so should about, all look to get training from an alligator? Well, yes. Is it, that what this no, so, is? So we practice our skills like he was talking earlier on. Like we practice skills like mass clearing. And yes. the, the typical diver you know, goes down, they're going to do their mass clearing skills. And they go down to the platform at the quarry or at the training site, and again, they, they do it how they originally learned in their scuba class. They get on their knees, they flood and clear their mask a couple times, remove it, take it off, put it back on, get reacclimated with a skill like that. But in reality, that's not how the mask clearing emergency really occurs, where you need, you need that instinct to take over, right? That occurs because somebody kicks you in the face and you lose the mask, or yeah. somebody's swimming with their hand and they knock you in the face, while you're swimming along the drop-off that right. plummets another 60, That's 80, typically how it happens. below you, right? Here, here's how it never happens, okay? While you're swimming along, you say you go down to Cozumel. You're going on a dive. You pay the money. You're out on a charter. You're down there diving, and then an instructor swims up to you and asks for your mask or asks you to flood and clear your mask. It just never happens that way, like the way Correct. you were trained. Yeah. That's it what happens. I'm getting at. It happens when... Um, Everybody on the dive boat, all 24 of you are making your ascent at the same time up the up the ascent line. And everybody's trying to pull off their safety stop at 15 feet. And you've got 15 negatively buoyant divers holding onto a line. And somebody flails. Yes. Hits you in and the face. And whacks your mask off. Whacks your mm-hmm. mask. And whacking now when your you mask go, off. And now it's when called you, whacking your mask off. And now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called. Is that what it's called? <laughs> whacking. 
your mask off. <laughs> Don't get caught whacking a mask off. You'll it never happened, live it down. It happened to me when I was a teenager. <laughs> it happened to me. I hear you can go blind. <laughs> you absolutely can. <laughs> but uh, you, you got a negatively buoyant diver holding on to that line, gets his mask whacked off, and as he goes to clear it, now he's plummeting back down to okay. 60 feet, 80 feet or more of where the, the wreck dive was that they were just coming up from. So, and But now you're kicking, your training kicks in, and yeah. you go, aha. I'll pretend that the instructor asked for my mask and I pulled it off and gave it to him. That's that's where your training really kicks in because the training was very realistic. Do you see where I'm going with this? I see where Do you're you going. Do you see the, the steam coming out of my ears in the sense of we've made it so easy. Why did they take away real life training like that? They keep harping on about we're not going to train things that they're never going to really do. And yet the critical things like mask clearing, your rag being pulled out, we don't ever train it like it's really going to be done to them, which is this, the crap gets ripped out. The mask gets ripped off by a flailing diver. No, or God forbid is... it's an emergency. Somebody runs out of gas. In real life, when they run out of gas, they're clawing and they take your stuff or they pull all their crap off and go. And what happens is the, the reality of it is just sit down here on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. You know, if water gets in your mask, it's really easy, you know dribble it in from the top so it doesn't uh, make you blink and then uh, you, you you clear it like this and blow out and everything's all happy and rosy and so many new divers walk away with that ingrained impression of you know when water enters mask yeah that's the the mode they go back to word another lesson we learn in our scuba instruction Gatorland is how to deal with a regulator free flow here again the situation is one that we know how to handle but isn't one that we frequently practice we know we can still breathe from a free-flowing regulator or that we may be able to switch to our alternate air supply but in the heat of the moment we find our anxiety level heightened I would agree and again is that not because again you're, you're dealing yeah. with regulator free flow mm -hmm. in a way that okay so we're gonna so let's get to the bottom of the pool and we're mm -hmm. gonna purge our regulator mm -hmm. and breathe off of it for 30 seconds right congratulations you're certified you know same right. with the mask we're, we're in the reality of, of with a free-flowing regulator yeah, it's, it's not gonna stop no it's <laughs> you know so for the rest of the dive that regulator is gonna free flow the whole ascent probably oh, yeah right mm -hmm. uh yeah absolutely so why don't you train people like that I'm I'm running short on time. Okay, <laughs> we gotta we gotta move these people through. We've got it. We've got to do. We've got to get the snorkel exchange. <laughs> exactly. There you go. We have to get the underwater snorkel exchange. Now we're getting down to the nitty gritty, and, and at least as far as how I see it, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what is their justification for all this for the the ramrodding people through an easy class. What, and I keep using the term easy. Yeah, let's it's not a do that. scaled what? down class. It's it's removal of anything that it's devoid of reality. It, it's very a, well, right, it is what, devoid what of reality. What trying but to do, for a reason. And, and I understand the, the reason is they got to get as many through as quickly as possible. I get that part. One of the most dramatic drills we practice is air sharing. Because <laughs> in real life, that's how you'll share air. I'm out of air. Our training teaches us how to establish and maintain physical contact with the buddy. It teaches us how to find the alternate air source, clear the regulator, and gain composure. And through practice, we learn how to coordinate our movements to make a safe ascent to the surface. If we rehearse and review this procedure every time we take to the water, we know that in the actual event, it will be almost a non-event. False. Really? I guess to a certain degree, yeah. But it's got to be rehearsed and practiced a lot. Absolutely. And now, you know, the rehearsal is so, uh, you know, choreographed that it's not realistic. Go watch an open water class. Have you ever seen one where they're kneeling across from each other? Well, again, there, there's a, there's another one, right, that, that doesn't mimic reality, right? So yeah, that's my point. Th yeah. that, that's taking away, yes. You're you're going through the motions of learning how to donate physically a donate a regulator, right? right? How to find an alternate air source? Yes. Are you learning how to clear the regulator of water so sure. you can breathe again? Yes, you're learning that. Are you learning how to gain composure by yeah. holding on and maintaining eyesight and getting uh -huh. you know catching awareness? Yeah, but when we move into the reality of being in yes. the this three is where dimensional the training, world, yeah. right? Three and 
you're sinking because well, yeah, it, because you're trying to do this real life. Well, now yeah. you don't have that composure anymore because no, you haven't been trained world, for it. In the training world, you, you didn't sink. You didn't. Your ears weren't hurting because you yeah. were plummeting. You didn't have to add that in there too because you were kneeling on the bottom of the pool. This is just the evidence that the training falls way short of what needs to be done to adequately prepare someone for real life diving. Your certification says you're good to go to 60 feet, open water diver. You can dive basically in the, in the environment you've learned to dive in without supervision. That's what you're supposed to be certified for. For life. For life. Correct. But that's not the that's not, that's the not where the dive boat goes out to. No. And then the dive, of course, you get you go get certified in a quarry and then you go to the ocean. Hopefully you've got enough common sense like, okay, I want to be with a dive master. Uh, there's a lot of people who do not have that. As a matter of fact, I had to talk students out of doing specifically going out on their own on a boat in Florida off the coast. Like, we're just going to go jump in the water somewhere. And I said, you just learned to dive in a quarry. Your maximum depth was 40 feet in that quarry. In a quarry, you're going to lose your... What are you going to do when you lose your boat? I tried to tell him, you may have the basics of compass work down, but you start going down a coral reef and making turns and you're going to pop up. Even in three-foot seas, your little head ain't going to see your boat. And it's just things like that. I try to explain to them, but what do I know? I'm just a lowly scuba And not to mention, they're in a quarry yeah. on an aluminum 80 doing a 20-minute you know, dive generally <laughs> yes. where they come up to the surface and they yeah. still have 1,000, 1,500 PSI. And they're always bottle, with an instructor. Let alone they go out on, the, on that dive out on their own. Yeah. And well, I'll just take my computer right to its limit. Yeah. But the book says I'm good to go. Um, you're not. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Anyway, so I guess what I'm getting at is that training falls short of real life training. And again, maybe it's because I was in the service and the training I got for many of the uh, endeavors and careers I did in the service, it was pretty real life. You know, they, they did you the building block kind of method, which is you teach the individual little skills. Then you start to put them together to, to have a whole sequence of skills like a system, right? Well, you need, and that, then you need that building block. They throw you in a little closer to real life, and then pretty soon you're in a pretty much real life experience with it as much as you can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm with you 100%, right? So as as you grow and develop and learn, right? Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you need the time to just physically learn how to put water in your mask and yeah, get yeah, it out, yeah. right, without panicking. Mm-hmm. You, need to, you need to be able to do that. Then you need to start building on in that, though, it's got to be done in a, in a realistic environment of yes. being able to maintain buoyancy and, and, and stay comfortable and not losing your place in, in the water. Wouldn't you feel more confident if you took the course and at the end of the course, by the end of the course, you were able to swim along, have the instructor take your mask away at any time, and you could put it right back on and clear it and keep going, and it was barely a bump in your road. Now, you as the diver, you'd feel extremely confident. Which Absolutely. increases your enjoyment of diving because you're like, I'm prepared for that. I'm prepared for somebody to kick my mask off. Sure, because it, right? what you're what what you should be doing is you, you build that base of buoyancy control, right. awareness. Yeah, you know, control All and positioning in the water. For and then you life. start adding on top of that yeah. those personal skills mm-hmm. that you need. But then slowly, the instructor should start nudging right. reality a little bit. That's and, it. Yeah, I, I, I'm just encouraging you because I agree 100%. It's, and I don't think, yeah, let's go in the, the normal six meetings or whatever, two hours a meeting kind of thing. And by the end of it, you should be doing the, this kind of training where it's more real life. There, maybe the training should be a little longer. It's different for everybody. Some people can do it pretty much immediately. Some people need a little more work. But by the end of the course, you should be able to satisfy that skill of your mask unexpectedly is removed and I don't you think can that's, clear it. I don't think that's too much for any open water I don't think to, so either. to be able to do. That's I think that should be kind of mandatory yeah. in mind because that's real life. You should be prepared for real life. And me as the instructor, this is always my thing. Would I sign the card? Because here's what I don't want on my conscience. I signed a card. Yeah, they passed all the silly skills. And I can look legally look in a mirror and go, yeah, it wasn't my fault they died. But my conscience would be saying, I didn't train them well. I did not train that person very well. Well, I think that's what a, a lot of the new divers out there in the world yeah. and the people that are 
you know, uh, looking to get certified and the, the, the friends of divers who, you know, you're talking to and encourage them to get certified, they need to have a hard look at, at reality themselves and, right. and know that 99 bucks for a scuba class, you're probably not <sighs> you going get? to get nudged into reality. Yeah. You're going to probably get as fast and quick and as little out of a class as humanly possible yeah. just to get you a card. Mm-hmm. Enough so much that mm-hmm. you're allowed to buy a BCD. Yeah. You, I mean, you're, you, we're starting to get to the very root of this cancer, you know, this tumor that's invaded our beloved activity. So realistic training does two things. It gives confidence to the diver so they feel good, and it gives confidence to the instructor. They can satisfy their conscience, like, I know this guy's prepared for a realistic diving experience, should anything go wrong. That's ideally what I'd be looking for. Instead of this, let's keep shaving it down to the bare minimum so we can turn and churn more divers out so the industry can can pick from their wallets more and more. I don't think they see that the people aren't comfortable. They don't have a, a lot of confidence. You know, I watch them on the boats. Holy moly. I was just, you know, on the other side well, of the world diving. And I, I'm going to tell you, well, there were people standing on the coral bottom, just standing in their fins. Oh, I mean, that's every day. Yeah. It's I mean, insane. You go to any dive site and that's. Yeah. Guys running out of gas. Guys running out of gas. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. But. This is easy reef yeah. diving. They're running out of gas. Well, when you're used to the instructor looking at you, telling you. It's time to go up. You yeah. have to go up now. And then you're immediately thrown into the water of all the decision makings on you. But you mm-hmm. haven't been taught how to make decisions. Thank you. You're going to have a hard time, mm-hmm. you know, making that transition. Right. Okay. So, I mean, we... uh, it, so it goes to like, you know, when you're new, you're, you're not, you haven't fully, you know, become a real confident and competent diver. No. You, you've just. You've just got the basics down, but then you're throwing that card and you're given a computer that'll beep at you if you get into trouble. You kind of you kind of make yeah, you make that assumption that you're actually a lot better than you really are. You're prepared for almost anything. Right. I know how to clear a mask. Until the anything happens. Yeah. You know how to clear a mask on your knees on the bottom of a fifteen foot pool or a twenty four foot quarry platform. Yeah. So that new diver needs to realize that 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 is missing. Out of their yeah. training. Especially, That's never going to happen. Especially if they did their class in <laughs> yeah. a weekend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> for for a hundred bucks yeah. or hundred ninety nine bucks or whatever. It's extra to get it done in the weekend. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> we got to give the instructor five dollars extra to blow his whole fucking weekend. But they don't care because the instructors love what they're doing. That's what this industry, you know, really preys on is the is the passion and the love for the for the art for the activity. Right, because because a because a lot of those like heartfelt scuba instructors really would mm-hmm. put their heart and soul into it for yeah. free. Yes, because they love doing it so much and they love making and mm-hmm. creating that new diver. But they come into the industry with their hands tied. You you're handcuffed in what you can teach. You know you can't teach outside the box. You cannot color outside the lines at all and add your own experience. You're not supposed to. I know some agencies allow a little bit more leeway with that. When they take away things like, well, you don't, there's not a minimum time. It's just they've got to be able to do this, this, and this. And you, you listen or you read those those basic minimums, and you're like, that's that is. The basic minimum is the correct word. Basic well, sure, and, and I get minimum. like so on a basic minimum. If it's one instructor and one student, and it's completely yeah, yeah, private, yeah. you might be able to, in a pretty short class, get to the basic minimum. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you've got all the mm-hmm. attention of the instructor, and then you could put out a a different caliber student than that same yes. instructor having eight students in the water but they still haven't received Learn, real life training learning at the, oh, right that's beside, that. the point, yeah, that's beside the yeah. point that's besides the point yeah 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 i guess that's that is my whole point and that's i know we always kind of gravitate that way because i guess that's our biggest gripe and if we didn't have that we wouldn't be griping about you know the industry being run by well, I think lawyers you, not divers well when you take a you know you take a week holiday somewhere yeah. and you're going to go just a little scuba vacation yeah. you're going to knock out two three dives a day or whatever and you see this stuff over and over and over and over and over on a boat, I mean, at what point do you not start to question it? Well, a lot of people don't know what they don't know. You know, that's the thing. The majority of the people on the boat aren't 30-year veterans of scuba diving instructor and, you know. Well, a lot of our listeners are these divers and are these instructors. And and we're trying to open their eyes. Mm -hmm. Again, they don't know what they They don't don't know. know. Mm -hmm. 
right there. You know, they're on the on the same dive boat. It's the end of the dive, and they pop to the surface mm-hmm. and blow the the last part of their safety mm-hmm. stop off. I made it to the surface. Mm-hmm. Still got air in the tank. Uh, get back up. Everything's a okay. I'm fine. Bloody Marys. Let's do this. <laughs> but and, and, but then that sets that basis of acceptability. Word. And never got hurt. Never seen anybody get hurt. Mm-hmm. What's the big deal? You, the, the big nobody deal gets is, hurt till they get hurt. You know. Right. The, the, yeah. the big deal is well tomorrow they're going to talk you into doing you know the 150 <laughs> foot dive on the single tank. Yes. Where that can happen. What could go you wrong? Know? What could go wrong? I can see the boat. (laughs) (laughs) So Robert mentions in a little sidebar, he talks about continuing education. He says, there's an old saying, prior planning prevents poor performance. (laughs) There's an old saying, never, I mean, always. (laughs) No, I, (laughs) yes. I have heard that old saying. Proper planning prevents poor performance. No, no, no. Prior planning prevents... Practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice Ah, there we go. So this is where you and I will have a little bit of an issue with this statement. Oh, here we go. So he says, this is true, especially when the unexpected happens. The best way to prepare for emergencies is to get trained so you'll know how to respond when things go south. Maybe this is where we have issue. Because we have a different idea of... When things go south, what really happens and how you should really be prepared for it. Yeah, I mean, we don't if, feel the normal I training mean, if you've, does that. If you've done a million mass clears. One billion mass clears. And they've all been, you know, Perfect. perfectly done, but you're negatively buoyant on the bottom. It's going to be different when you're in, mid, in it's a water not, column. It's yeah, I, in no my, bottom. In my opinion, nine... 100,992 of those million mass clears are, are, were absolutely wasted and pointless. You know, the first the first eight of them, okay, I can see it. You're I, trying I, to I, master I don't even, the I don't muscle even memory and okay, the sure. coordination of the breathing and whatnot, yeah. But that's not reality. No. And that's where we'll keep going back. Reality is more like a soap A box opera. of chocolate. <laughs> reality is like a box of chocolates. Mama always said reality is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get <laughs> You never know what you're going to get never know when someone's going to knock your mask off your face <laughs> Me and Bubba always like to say reality was like a shrimp boat <laughs> I I have to believe that my impersonations are like are like uh, sandpaper on an open wound <laughs> No, they're getting better They're getting better, really? So he closes off the article talking about the value of practice he goes back to talking about Juliana, and what was truly remarkable was that she didn't have the opportunity to practice what she had learned. It wasn't as if an instructor had sat down with her, simulated an alligator attack, made her practice the fingers up the nostril drill over and over until she got it right, and then made her perform the drill in open water to get her certification. She simply heard it probably just once, and then she remembered it. And used it when the situation arose. Can I can I just say something about all this? Because I guess this is where you know this article. I don't know if they're trying to say the 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 gist of the whole thing is you don't need to practice it. You don't need. You just need to have heard it. the th- The thing about this, a, it's a simple it's a simple thing to do. To st- it's not a complex thing. There's not a whole lot of things involved with it. And yeah, it's the re- reality of this, this is a fluke. This is not real life. Most people would not remember the, uh, yeah, stick your, your thumbs up its nose. They would not, even if they had heard it before, because, uh, you know, I think it was because it was a kid and that was so, that memory stuck in their head. It was so wow. dramatic. It was, of a, well, I'm sure yeah. it was a dramatic. But the, the remembering the stick your fingers up its nose, the kid probably remembered it because it's funny to stick your fingers. And I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why the kid would remember it because I know an adult. I know I would probably, I don't know if I'd remember it. Right. Because you know, you, yeah, because you'd you heard be at, that in the alligator cause you'd alley. Because uh, you'd be at, at Gatorland going, when the hell is this thing done? Bingo. Exactly. Where's the beer tent well, the, for the well, gator, well, well, gator well, the firm? Kid, the kid's sitting there just jaw on the yeah, floor, eyes wide to open. every word. Sucking in everything. I get you there. I got So that. I'm thinking, that's but, a but, fluke. Or would you agree with that? That what this girl did was a fluke. Agreed. I do agree. So now, it, he, now he mentions that. He, he does say, he says, that noted, we also understand that practicing skills and drills builds muscle memory and allows us to react to, a, to an emergency almost without conscious thought. Mm-hmm. So what if you're, you're building muscle memory of 
something that's not going to happen, i.e., you're on your knees on a platform clearing a mask. And we also know that those procedures we follow are there because of the gators that lurk about the lake. The safety precautions we take away and procedures we follow are a way of avoiding the gators. Even if we can't quite see them, we know that they're out there and our training and procedures will help ensure we never have to deal with them directly. But no, nowhere does he say proper training. In, in well, I think that's where I, what I was mentioning yeah. with our sidebar. It's yes. Practice, practice, practice. That's great. But it's not, it's not right and it's not good enough. Yeah. And right? if you're practicing the not, wrong it's thing. It's not practicing yeah. reality. Yeah. How many people have we, over the years, I can remember, you know, back in the early 2000s, I'd be teaching trimix instructors that cannot clear a mask in midwater or share gas and hold their depth because they've never practiced it. Because it was never even asked of them. It was they, never asked they of didn't them. They never even crossed their mind yeah. of clear your mask. Well, go to the platform and yeah. get on my knees and do Stay it. still. Just stay still underwater. Stay still. Not on the bottom. Oh, not on my knees? And stay at the same depth and not swim around in a circle. Can I stand? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just stay still. <laughs> right, clear your mask and stay still. Just a simple, what so, you would think is a simple skill, and it's not. And well, it's, 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 a, it's, it's actually, never been it's practiced. It's the most difficult skill that there yeah. is, and it's, it's bypassed in basic education because they know that they need to get to the masklers, the air shares, yeah. and the, uh, the fin pivot so that they can give you the card so that you can get out mm-hmm. there and start getting on the boats and buying gear. Because fin pivoting is used all the time. This has always been my thing. Their whole thing, I remember going through the IDC and whatnot, their whole thing is, we are moving to get rid of all skills that are not real life skills. And then they teach us the fin pivot. Oh, it's a building block for this. Then you want to go, well, listen, all of those other skills you're getting rid of are building blocks as well, asshats. Well, can we get, if if we get back to that Trimix instructor, so it's a matter of them, again, not knowing. (laughs) Yeah. What, what they, they don't, don't know. know, right? And I think this article, although it's it's really well done, mentioning you got to get out there and work, and you got to get out there and practice. It too is not knowing what it's not knowing. In so mm-hmm. much as there's a there's more perfect you're way leaving to practice. Something out. Yeah, you're right? leaving the one last thing out, which is the like, reality part of the practice, right? The proper practice, the practice and training to build muscle memory for reality. Not not the training room or the pool, but the proper training for the reality. The most important keys to safety while diving is to keep a cool head. Practice our drills, and if the time should ever come, remember what we learned in the gator land of scuba instruction. Then we just jam our fingers up the nostrils of whatever gator has gotten a hold of us. Hmm. Yeah. Take that, you hosers. <laughs> <laughs> so... I get it, right? Uh, I, I get the whole, uh, you got to practice. But what we keep coming back to is proper practice. Proper practice, right. Right. It's one thing to, you know, go down there, kneel on a platform and clear your mask. There's a, the difference is like <laughs> yeah. going down onto your knees, right, and, and practice the mask clear versus at the end of the dive, you're in midwater. Yeah. Pulling off a, trying to pull off a safety stop at least. Yeah. Okay, so... That's, that's, that's where you, mask, that's where you right? do yeah. the mask or boom yeah. replacement, right? And when you realize you went from 15 feet down to 25 in the process, mm-hmm. there's some things you need to, to clean up. Yeah. Lose a mask once. Have a mask implode. You, you've had a mask implode. I mean, I've, I did. I had somebody, That's why I carry a mask somebody, almost uh, every yeah, single Somebody dr- either dropped a weight belt or stepped on uh, oh. something. Right? I had mine just fall apart on me. Yeah. Well, in about 20 feet of water going oh. down, my mask was leaking and yeah. leaking. I was like, what the hell is wrong with this thing? And I kind of grabbed jiggled it. Jiggled it. <laughs> it fell apart. And two lenses. <laughs> bloop, bloop. Sweet and son and a, of a goat. I had a frame in my hand. Yeah. And it was. Did you end the dye? No, I had a, oh. I had a, a backup in my pocket. Okay. Yeah. See, so this I reached is, in. I was like, holy yeah. cow, I actually did have to use yeah. this thing. I tell you, the time I want, I, this is going back to training. And I'm by no means am I telling anybody to train like this, but my partner and I did a. So I wanted to do no mask from the deep side in Gilboa all the way, you know, do the whole deco and everything without a mask. So I did it. My partner helped me up and helped me with my stops, you know, so they hit. But I kept my eyes open pretty much for the whole thing. And it's 39 down there. And and it took me, I don't know, it was like 25 minute ascent, whatever. And I couldn't see because like the inside of my eyes froze. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I could not see for hours and hours. My I remember eye, that. You, yeah, I was like, you thought you were, I, you, I, I you couldn't thought drive you were or anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But 
<laughs> I won't ever do that again. <laughs> That's why I carry a spare. Just pop that baby on. That right there should be enough to, like, yeah, I'm always, if I'm diving cold water, especially a deco dive, carry a God bless it spare. Right, right. You know, you can't, even though you have a partner and whatnot. Okay, so let's, um, <laughs> let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. It's, okay, um, so basically, what so, I learned is the new skill that we need to introduce is uh, shoving our thumbs up a gator's nose in open water class. Module five, five point one. <laughs> they don't do modules anymore, but the, that's for those old time instructors. Module five point one is <laughs> module five. Sticking a thumb up a gator's nose. He mentions that there are many ways for us to view alligators, but in this story, we use them as a metaphor for a problem we don't want to wrestle with. Word. And uh, isn't that the point of uh, of good scuba education? Is realizing that you don't. Want yeah, to you know what? If you really think about it, there's only so many things that really can go wrong. Can go wrong underwater, mm-hmm. right? And the the focus shouldn't be let's glaze over them as quickly as possible and have the so bare that, minimum yeah. right it should be learn to learn to control each one of those so that the response isn't subconsciously oh shit let's, get me to the surface where blow. i'm safe again yeah. right it's it's realizing my new base here is handle it underwater control my buoyancy stick control a finger my, in a gator's control nose my, control my mind <laughs> stick a finger in gator's nose <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly all right, Gator Divers of the Great Dive Podcast. We're going to look for you on the uh, riverbeds of Florida. Yeah, you hosers. We are going to look Wonder- for you. But then we're going to stick our fingers in your nose. <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> Listen, it, when, you're, when you're looking for a new dive buddy, you know, when you're on a dive boat and uh, the dive master's trying, and you don't have a buddy, and the dive master's trying to pair you up, he may say, you have blue fins, you have blue fins, you guys are buddies. Before you get in the water, you stick your finger up your that dive buddy's nose. Well, of That's course. the real test. We've been doing That's that for the, years. I'm glad to see it in now, a magazine now. Now, if they panic and freak out, wonder what the hell you're doing, it's, it's probably not a good buddy pair. But if they go, ah, you listen to the Great Dive Podcast, I'm going to put my fingers on your nose, you guys, you guys are a match. No more high-fiving. It's fingers in the nosing. Okay, well, we've started okay. a new fad. Yeah, let, here, give me a... Let's sign this. We have not signed logbooks in a long well, time. Well, I've been stamping because you were gone. So uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna... I'm back. Back like wee bitches. No, okay, here. Wow. Open up. You the... got a lot of dives in here, James. Well, I've, I've been, uh, been this busy. Is a, you got the pool listed. What the hell? <laughs> it was, uh, there was the deep <laughs> it end. It was the deep the end. end. <laughs> Get well soon. Love. Excellent. All right, okay. gang. Until next week. So, buenos noches. Yeah. Arrivederci. Buenos tacos. Buenos nachos. And safe diving. And, and safe nostril picking. Safe. Where can you, where can you get alligator fins? Can you get alligator fins? Alligator, not anymore. Alligator dive boots. Not anymore. Texas. Thanks to God. Well, we're gonna have to go to Texas. You don't want to go to Texas, yeah, but we can go to Texas. What about crocodiles? Are Kill they uh, endangered? <laughs>